everybody. Thank you. And welcome to the newest installment of the Minority Report. Thanks for joining us. My name is Gus, your head minority in charge. And as usual, with me is my biracial consigliere, J-Shell. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, AJ, you never answered me, man. Mm. I, I made that cool picture of you in your uh, samurai outfit. I said it was good. Uh, I said it was you didn't nice. like it? You hurt my feelings, man. Eh, you have no feelings. Well, I mean, I I have been married and divorced twice, mm-hmm. you know. In the I, same day. I, I, I used to tell people, I, yeah. they tell me, oh, my God, when I would say some shit, I'm like, ah, that's yeah. all right. I lost my heart in the first in the first divorce. Wow. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. I lost my soul in the second one, so I'm fine. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fucking bringing that South Park goth kid energy there. A burden down, down the top. Did you, did you do the dance? Like, where you take yeah. a drag of your cigarette and look there, down? Yeah, there you go. But no, like, I... I did, just move your head back yeah, and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I did say I did like it. However, to my defense, you bombard me with a lot of bombard images <laughs> and everything. Because, a, f- a few pictures. Okay. In my defense, you're, I have been out of work for a few yeah. weeks. And I have been trying to make as much content for us as possible mm-hmm. you know but yeah but what other what other response could i say other than that's nice cool and everything so it's like that's why i'm glad that the uh with the fun- cell phone functions you can yeah. just give it like that react <laughs> you're, you're, you're with this shirt you have on today i've been trying to look for a mm. uh a, a uh, template to make a poster like that one. Oh, like, like uh, the Enter, Enter the, the Dragon? Dragon. Yeah. yeah, I'm Bruce. Uh, we need to we need to take mm-hmm. uh, Bruce Leroy. Yeah, uh, we we need to uh, we need to take more pictures. Mm-hmm. We have that one stock one that we have that we did from our um, dropping the elbow days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we both look fantastic in yeah. it. But uh, <laughs> my girlfriend goes, "You look so mean." I said, like, "What's your point?" You're a me. <laughs> you and your mean mug. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I know. Like, you. I was like, "That's the only face." Like sometimes she told me, "Why are you making that face?" I was like, "It's the only one I got." <laughs> it's that face of like what's it called? Um, what you talk about, Willis? <laughs> no, no. It's that whole like I buy those like uh, badly photoshopped shirts you see on Facebook. About, wow. I will kill you. I will. I'll kill you if you touch my daughter or something like that. Oh, the, the, mur- the, the murder. I call it the murder fantasy monologue shirts. Do you mean the, the fucking Facebook ones that come yeah. up? Oh, if you have a daughter, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to touch real quick before we get into our topic today mm-hmm. on the loss of two icons. Uh, Bob Barker, mm-hmm. uh, 99 years old. Or how is it they do it on the Today Show? You go, 99 Nine years, years young. young. Uh, like uh, we lost Bob Barker. He was mm. actually a few months away from being a hundred, uh, hitting the triple digits. Just like with uh, Betty White, because she yep. was, she, I think she was like a month a away. A month away. Yeah. yeah. So rest in peace to an icon. He mm. was uh, the show on The Price is Right for fucking mm. ever. Yeah. Uh, he was a great animal advocate. He was like, you know, the whole uh, spay, spay and neuter your pets. At the end of every episode, yeah. Every episode. But yeah. he also got to call, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, Adam Sandler a bitch. Oh, yeah, after he whooped his ass and everything. Yeah, Dude, yeah. he was a legit martial artist. He was. Though. I was actually going to mention, yeah. he was actually trained under Chuck Norris, oh. of all people. In oh, the, so uh, people check under their bed for Bob Barker? I would. I know Adam Sandler does. <laughs> uh, I'll get, after I'll get back to that in a bit. But, like, a little ba- a background, like, yeah, yeah, Bob is a legit badass. He um, yeah. he trained in uh, Tung Soo Do, which is basically Korean karate, or the uh, the martial art that is the basis of Cobra Kai. Oh, I thought, I thought it had something to do with your tongue. 
Oh yeah, that's tongue pseudo. Uh, no, yeah. that's oral thrush there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, but yeah, basically it's a Korean karate and uh, Chuck Say trained that him in that. Times fast. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, so he got up to red belt. Um, he was actually wow. one belt away from black belt. Wow. But Chuck said that he was like one of his toughest students. I mean, and I and I can believe that. I can believe that because he had always something to prove. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably had a lot of frustration too because, and I mean, I'm joking, but he was married to the same woman for 35 years I believe mm-hmm. from the time they were married until she passed away in 1981 mm-hmm. and after that he was never remarried yeah he did a lot of skirt chasing did he? from what I've heard oh yeah, yeah. he got yeah. into after he quit the price yeah. is right a lot of that stuff came out yeah the prize girls or whatever yeah especially one of them that blonde from the 80s that everybody used to simp on I think she was actually Heather Thomas too. No, no, no 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 there was a price is right girl uh-huh. uh, in the 80s blonde beautiful I think she might have posed in Playboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Playboy, real quick side note: I know we're talking about Bob Barker. Yeah. You know, you remember the Barbie twins? Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. you know they married Ken Wall. Wait, wait, wait. Ken Wall? Yeah. For real? Nice guy. Yeah. What? They married. at the same time? Yeah. Apparently, so they're a thruple. Yeah. Apparently, one of them married him, but it was a package deal. So, <laughs> <laughs> they they told him, "Well, Ken, if you want to marry both, you got to marry one of us. You got to marry both of us." And he went, "Well, oh, you twisted my arm." <laughs> Oh, darn. <laughs> but Bob Barker was a legend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you think game show host, the first mm. one that kind of pops into your head is Alex Trebek and Bob Barker. Those yeah. are the first two that pop I, in my I head. I would say, like, you know, they're part of, like, the uh, the Mount Rushmore of game show hosts. I would say yeah. it's them and the dude they used to do uh, Family Feud, Richard Dawson. Yep. And then the dude they used to do uh, Hollywood Matt. Squares. Oh, for um, me. Tom Bergeron? No, the virginal one. I can't remember. Yeah. Right now. I, I would put um the, uh, what's his face from uh, Match Game? Um, boom, 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 yeah, boom, I know what you're talking about. I can't yeah. remember his name either. Uh, Gene no, Rayburn. Gene Rayburn and yeah. Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery, yes. Chuck Woolery. We'll be back in, in two, two and, two. and two. He had some, Chuck Woolery had some soul in him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved his newlywed game. Yeah. It was fucking great. But yeah, but Bob was the yeah. game show host and everything. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, we, dude, he had to do it. He did prices right for like 100 years. Oh, yeah. And Something then like he um, turned the reins over to a Drew Carey, who was, Carey. who was a phenomenal host so, and everything. Yeah. They're legit been around, I think, for like. 50 years and i think they've only had two yeah. hosts in that time oh yeah which is crazy to think. i know right and he always had like that very skinny microphone the little dot on there he looked like a maestro weird. what the fuck was I'm that saying, it like, looked like a car antenna with one of those little right. balls they put on like they give you a jack-in-the-box right right <laughs> i always thought he was gonna do like an orchestra thing like be like a maestro and what have you yeah but yeah but no but like you know and he was like a an animal rights um activist you know he was a vegetarian and, um, you know, as you know, like, he always, like, ended, like, episodes of Price of Right, like, this is Bob Barker reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he actually requested the removal of uh, fur prizes for the Miss USA pageant back in 87. Yeah, he yeah. did. And I think that's why also the Price is Right don't give him away either. Yeah. And uh, he, he actually stepped down as host from crazy. that. He was actually going to host the pageant. But when the producer said no to that, they're like, all right, I'm out. But uh, yeah, he he, he um, donated like a lot of money to right. like uh, the study of animal rights. Made Bro, the, yeah, he he hosted the prices right from 1972 mm-hmm. to 2007. Yeah, and that's insane. It is, man. Yeah, and the show is still on. It is. Yeah. Um, Do you know what first? But it first began in 1956. Mm-hmm. So that show has been around for seven, almost 70 years. Yeah. So he was like the uh, host of like the. Um, the modern version of it yeah 
Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 1972. That's when he started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, dude, there's no time in my childhood when I don't remember when you're home from school yes. sick yeah. or, a, or a vacation or mm-hmm. a holiday mm-hmm. and you hear, yeah, he was part of like the call, like, you know, the stay at home uh, starter pack. It was yeah. him, Sprite, or Ginger Ale. Um, Eric from cracker. all my Eric from all my children, right? Oh yeah, or uh, or Luke and Laura from General Hospital. I was more of a General Hospital guy. Yeah, um, no, what was her name? No, but Luke. See, but in New York, all my children used to come on before General Hospital. Yeah, General Hospital was a mid afternoon one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck Erica. What was her Erica name? Kane? Yeah, from Erica all Kane. my children. Right. Lucci. Susan Lucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Judge Judy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was your age. My age yeah. is a little bit. I'm younger than yeah. that. I mean, I'm older than that, I remember. <laughs> so it was more like uh, Judge Wapner. The oh, People's yeah, Court. the People's Court. With the originator. A, with, a, what's his face? Rusty the uh, Rusty, deputy. The, the, Rusty the, uh, what is it? He the, was the bailiff. bailiff. Yeah. Bailiff and he Rusty. had that fucking Abe Simpson energy. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but no, like uh, Bob was like a fixture of like all of our childhoods, you Bro, know? there's like four generations of people that oh, yeah. have watched him on TV. And you know what the, you know what made his like um, longevity great was like his work outside of the show. We're talking like, as we mentioned earlier, Happy Gilmore. He was in that iconic scene yeah. where him and Adam Sandler have that fight scene. The price is wrong, wrong bitch. bitch. <laughs> that that shot where it looks like he's dead or knocked yeah. out, whatever, and he like opens his eyes. <laughs> like, ah, like crazy old man look. I want the whole thing. It was like that, uh, what do you call it? It was like that, uh, that at every end scene of a horror movie where they think mm. the villain is dead. The end, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect though. And you know, like, they had fun with that, you know? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, like, you know, dude, and honestly, like, using re- uh, wrestling jargon, like, fucking Adam put Bob over, over like a champ. big time. Over like Rover. You, I mean, you couldn't help it. The dude is a legend, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dude is a legend. And uh, they did reunite. Did um, they? It was like a, what was it called? Like, around like 20, it was 2015. It was right. called The Night of Too Many Stars. And it was like a, uh, it was like comic relief mm-hmm. where they were doing like a f- um, charity. Fundraiser? A yeah. fundraiser, yeah. And so, and it's on YouTube. YouTube. You could put it in Night of Too Many Stars, Bob Barker, Adam Sandler. And Don't it's, tell me how to live my life. Well, somebody should. Uh, um, so, and they reenact the fight. Um, and it starts with him, with a Bob being bedridden and Adam at his side. Mm-hmm. And Adam's actually wearing that same jersey, that same hockey jersey like he did. <laughs> That's just what Adam Sandler wears. Right. And, um, and they do like a little like a uh, dialogue and then, then that's they, that's when they start fighting and everything. Oh, they fight again. Yep. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. That's but funny. I remember um, Bob doing this guest spot. Okay, do you remember a show called um, Something So Right? Uh, vaguely. So it was a sitcom that was like from '96 to '98, and it was supposed right. to be like another like Brady Bunch type of a oh, show, like a blended family thing. Like we needed another one of those, right? Oh, like, kind of like the one with uh, Patrick Duffy. Oh yeah, step by step. Yeah, but at least step by step was actually good. This one was. You liked mid. it because there was good looking girls on it. Don't lie. Wait, uh, what do you call them? Step by step. Step by step. Well, oh, c- yeah. come on. Would you? I like how you say like, oh, you only liked it because of yeah, the pretty so girls. You watch the same. You watch it for Suzanne Summers and a little Duh. little key for Patrick Duffy. Yeah, well, I wouldn't yeah. blame you. I it mean, is. Come on, he was Bobby. And then and then you had uh, he was Bobby Ewing. Dude. Right. Come and on. then you had Sasha. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Cody. Uh, Cody Lambert on there. Oh, uh, Sasha Mitchell. Oh, you yeah. mean the wife abuser? No, I'm good. No, it was actually... That, oh, that's right. Wait, wait, wait. A yeah. wife abused him. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, so yeah. So it had Jer Burns, um, uh, as you know, as from uh, Dear John. He was like that quagmire type of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had Mel Harris from 30-something. 
Okay. And um, they get married, and they had children from previous marriages. I vaguely remember this show. Yeah, and the uh, Jer Burns' daughter was pretty much like the hot blonde in every like teen movie, yeah, yeah, Marnette yeah. Patterson. So there was an episode where Mel Terrace's character, mm-hmm. uh, her mom was getting remarried, and she finds out that... Um, uh, no, I'm sorry. Her dad, her dad, played by Bob Barker, mm-hmm. and her stepmom were renewing their vows. Right. However, she finds out that her stepdad, Bob Barker, right. is having an affair with her biological mom. Yikes. Played by, uh, what's her face, from the Partridge family. Um, from the Partridge Oh, um, Susan Day? No. no. Uh, the mom, you mean? Yeah. Shirley Jones. Shirley Jones, yeah. Yeah. And so she finds out about them, and it's like, it's no big deal and everything. It's yeah. that whole like boomer mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bob's character was so wholesome and oblivious yeah. that it was like, dude, you're having an affair, but you're like, oh, well, you know, it's yeah. all. And so, but it's Bob Barker. Yeah. Like, you know, he has that whole like, you know, wholesome charm about him, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but. I, re- I remember that. So whenever I think of Bob, I think, think of, of that. Yeah, I think of that. Yeah. Fun fact: Shirley Jones is actually the stepmother to Sean Cassidy. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. But so it was his real life mom playing you, his mom. You want another full circle moment? Yeah. Shirley Jones played Drew Carey's love interest on the Drew Carey Show. It was a storyline they had where yes. Drew, she was a babysitter or something like that when he was a kid. Oh no, no, wasn't it? Oh, no, no, no. It was when they met in like I think like night school. Oh okay. And she was like getting like her college degree at yeah, a later yeah, yeah. age. No, and, and they start dating, and then Danny Bataducci plays her son on the show, ah, and hilarious. he and he punches Drew when he finds out. <laughs> yeah, she, she was great in uh, Grandma's Boys. She was. She, she was, was like great. grandma's boys as a seductress. Oh yeah. So yeah. She, he goes, "Oh, you're my first. And she's like, "You're she my goes, thousandth." <laughs> I was like, "Did she get you gave Charlie Charlie Chaplin a hand job? He wasn't silent after that." <laughs> <laughs> when she says, "Oh, I had like thousands of lovers," like maybe I should, maybe we should have used the condom. <laughs> okay, the way they, they they played with the timeline with her character, yeah, yeah. it almost felt like she's she was a, a Highlander. <laughs> she's a Highlander. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So rest in peace, Bob Barker. He gave us a lot of good memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the prices right. Also, we we lost Arlene Sorkin, the original voice of Harley Quinn, the, the first well, voice. She's actually the inspiration for Harley Quinn. Mm. Paul Denny, the guy who created Harley mm-hmm. uh, for the Batman TV show, mm-hmm. the cartoon. She was on a soap opera, I believe. It all, was, all, all, all my children. Yeah, and in one episode, her character was dressed like a Harlequin, mm-hmm. and she was using that voice. It was like a fantasy scene mm-hmm. and or dream sequence, mm-hmm. and she was using that voice and dressed as a Harlequin and jumping around and acting a fool. Interesting. And that I never inspired did that part. And that inspired Paul Denny uh-huh. to create the Harley Quinn character because she was a good friend of his. So he he kind of fitted the character to her voice as mm-hmm. opposed to vice versa. Right. They didn't create a character and then asked her to voice it. He took her voice inspiration to that character and mm-hmm. created Harley Quinn for Interesting. Her. Oh, it was uh, Days of Our Lives. I just remembered. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, but no. Um, so and Miss, a lot- Mr. James? She and, created, yeah. th- he created that character for her. And a lot of people don't know this is that Harley didn't debut in the comics. No. It was on the animated series. She was retrofitted to be in the comics. Because books. her character was so popular. Yeah. Like her performance and everything. And DC was like, okay, we gotta bring bring her into the um into our um, yeah. main comics the, like a the continuity. Continuity, the yeah. The first way they brought her in was that they did a kid's comic book. Uh, based on the comic on the cartoon series mm-hmm. f- published by DC, then they yeah they integrated her into the actual 
uh, canon universe of the of the DC universe, mm-hmm. and she's been iconic ever since. I mean, who and, doesn't? Right. Even even people who are not huge comic book fans know who Harley Quinn is. And you know, um, it was Harley Quinn that gave uh, Jennifer Aniston, aka Rachel from Friends, mm-hmm. her big movie break. Now, when I mean movie break, I'm talking about the movie that launched her movie career wait leprechaun no not leprechaun <laughs> <laughs> well oh, so it was a movie called uh picture perfect and that was oh, her okay. that was her yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah where she was like uh the lead wasn't it and her everything. and uh matthew mcconaughey no it was her jay moore and kevin bacon that was it yeah and yeah. so this was like you know um was supposed to like um what do you call it what's that term um uh, capitalize oh, okay. on her uh on her friend's fame and everything because like you know leprechaun she's done movies in the past but like <laughs> she it, did leprechaun i know <laughs> but she didn't like you know it wasn't like known movies and everything but uh, this is the one that showed like oh jennifer aniston can yeah. be a movie star i mean let's face the fact leprechaun is a cult classic though yeah but more for warwick davis than for jennifer aniston right i bet you half the people listening to this didn't even know jennifer aniston was in leprechaun right no exactly but so yeah so like harley gave rachel her uh her big movie break yeah and um but yeah i loved um because i remember writing like a uh, watching our um interviews with arlene and mm-hmm. the um the process of behind like uh harley's like character uh voice uh because like sorkin you know she's from brooklyn so she has like her classic brooklyn accent but she was gonna make put in like a little yiddish in there yeah and so um that's and then with with that paul dini made the character jewish uh which was actually borrowed from sorkin yeah so uh yeah so heart like so like a lot of people would say you know when they think of harley they'll think of like you know like tara strong kayla kuoko and like a lot of voice actresses but arlene sorkin is harley oh no yeah yeah i mean if the character is created for for you because mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. yeah I mean, the, the, when you think of that character, you you think of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we lost her to cancer, which again, fuck cancer, mm-hmm. uh, fuck it, fuck it, really hard. It's fucking awful. Took so many icons oh, from yeah. us. I mean, so many people, so many period, people, from yeah. our lives. Yeah. She spent most of her later years doing a lot of voice acting. It looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> she was in the new Mike Hammer. That show was fucking hilarious. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, that show was hilarious with that blonde dude that kind of with the square jaw. I can't even remember his name. I know the show was funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Stacy Keach. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AKA uh, Papa Titus. Oh, which one am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of another show then. He was She wasn't no, my character. No, I know he was that, but there, there was another show. Was it a parody? It was kind of a parody of those detective shows. That was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. With the, what's his face from uh, the from that biker comedy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hogwild? Not Hogwild. Biker uh, comedy movie. Yeah, it was... Uh, but anyway, I know who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, he was. But going back to Arlene, yeah, it looks like here she spent a lot of her later years doing like voice acting. Yeah, uh, B- Batman, of course. Yeah, uh, but yeah, she um, she re- reprised the role in like a lot of like work: Static Shock, Batman Beyond, Gotham the, Girls, Gotham Girls, uh, Arkham Asylum. Oh, the video game? Um, the video game, yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah, who took over for her was Tara Strong. Yeah. Who I think did a phenomenal job. Too. Oh, absolutely. Like but, Tara, yeah. But when you have the character created for you, it's kind of It's that pressure, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I mean, like she was, out of all like the Harley Quinn voice actresses, oh, I yeah. would say like Tara Strong is like the true successor to yes. Arlene. Because, yeah, because she, she was the closest to it. Because she was able to hit that Yiddish... And the, um, the high pitch. The high pitch and yeah, everything. Like Kaylee Kyoko, uh-huh. the show is okay. Yeah. 
but I think they they are vulgar for the sake of being vulgar on the show. Yeah. And it kind of doesn't work. It's a bit edgelordy. Ill way. Yeah. But her voice is mid compared mm. to, you know, but you, if you compare it to Arlene Sorkin, everything's going to be mid. Mm. Uh, she Harley Quinn is one of the few characters that was created for a non-comic book that became comic, comic book canon. Mm. There's a few others that, oh, Batman Beyond. Yep, Terry, Terry McGinnis, McGinnis yeah. was created for the comic book. Then he became mm-hmm. into the into the canon universe. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of others, but yeah. the fact is that the, one of the very first ones was uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah, or the first one I think was Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, and it was all because of Arlene Sorkin. So yeah. she was more known before that as being a soap opera actress because mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, she was on Days of Our Lives for like ever. Mm-hmm. Days of Our Lives has been around since radio. Mm-hmm. So I should tell you something. Yeah, it was one of the early early. So and it's still operas, kicking yeah. it, isn't it? Um, I think it ended its run. I could be wrong. After a thousand and two years. Right. Uh, that... uh, no, actually, it's still kicking. Yeah. I think uh, that and General Hospital um, are like, uh, what's it called? One of the last ones uh, standing. I could be wrong. Yeah. But uh, but no, but like with the, but Arlene gave birth to an iconic character because yeah. like every con we go to. There's a Harley Quinn cosplayer. Dozens of uh, them. I was gonna say, oh, uh, dozens of more them. Than, yeah, uh, yeah. But no, but like, um, like, well, yeah. So Harley's like a cosplay staple. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you know who's come close to retaking the voice or taking over the voice mm. is Margot Robbie. Because like a lot oh, of people yeah. who are casual fans, and that's going to go into our topic today, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of more casual fans that aren't comic book or cartoon uh, viewers, they know. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. Yeah. That's who their Harley Quinn is. Mm-hmm. You know, the booty shorts, high heel Adidas. Right. Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is this shirt? It says Daddy's Monster, mm-hmm. which is kind of. She's pretty much like if like Tumblr designed her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, a lot of people at first uh, um, uh, correlated the Harley Quinn character for being a very toxic character because of her relationship with the Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now uh, DC Comics mm-hmm. and the genre itself has kind of reworked her to be a more strong, independent woman. Yeah, they uh, they basically um, started to like give more layers to the character. Yeah. Instead of just being a henchwoman, they revealed her to be someone who's in a Stockholm Syndrome relationship. Right, well, that's the thing. Yeah. When Paul Denny created her, he didn't want her to be a henchwoman. Yeah. He wanted her to be a partner yeah. to the Joker. Yeah. But people correlated her to being in a relationship with the Joker. Yeah. And she was, a, she was like a super fan. Mm-hmm. She was like a fan girl of the joke yeah, yeah yeah and that's what happened she, yeah and but then it became this toxic relationship between the two where he would abuse her there's an episode of the cartoon where he throws her out of a window oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. or yeah. or like um um and it's also the little things like he put like a fish head on her yeah and everything he's laughing his ass off and, and yeah and but then now they kind of reworked it because they saw that a lot of young women like her yeah uh, and it, he and, and he reworked her to be a strong woman and it's also is that um because like a lot of like you know comic book fans like can be like very impressionable yeah and so it's scary when they see joker and harley as couples goals yeah because like they are the oh God, furthest they see fucking that? thing yeah <laughs> yeah when people voted their hashtag goals what it's like no what right what's wrong with you yeah i was and, like i'm more about like you know hash uh, the adams family gomez morticia yeah 
those are goals. Yeah, yeah. You know? But and um and I'm glad that Paul Dini was able to like take control of the narrative again. Yeah. Uh, because again, like like you said, like they weren't supposed to be like no. having a relationship, but fans made it that way. And cool. then he realized, like, oh fuck, I can't have this toxicity being promoted. Well, the same people that see them as relationship goals are the same ones that see uh, natural born killers as relationship goals. Oh, good yeah. god! And then they, know, and then they wonder why they end up in those relationships in yeah. real life. My girlfriend and I were watching this show, this this show, and it was uh, one of those like reality crime true crime shows mm-hmm. and they were talking about the kid that the girl was dating was a huge fan of natural born killers i said that should have been her first red flag right I'm like, oh, <laughs> i love natural born killers so yours should be on a watch list is what you're saying right right you know because yeah anybody who who uh fanboys or like you said edgelord for yeah. natural born killers keep your eye on that see one. and that was the thing like the, a lot of people missed the point of that movie just real quick uh because um what was his, uh, Oliver Stone, yeah. Oliver Stone, Stone, excuse me, um, made that movie as a cautionary tale on how the media sensationalized serial killers. Yeah, which I mean, they still do. Like how Absolutely many, like how, ma- how many, like true crime documentaries you see on Netflix? Oh, bro. So yeah, every fucking year there's a different one about somebody. Yeah, but uh, but same, and it's the uh, same thing happened with uh, Harley and Joker. Right. And so, but like, I'm glad that Paul Dini was able to like you know control the narrative again, and I'm glad that. Harley is actually in a healthy relationship with Poison Ivy. Yeah. So not only are we getting to get to see like positive um, um, same sex uh, depictions, yeah. but it's a it's a very wholesome relationship. Yep. Okay, it's between like two uh, um, villains turned anti heroes. Yeah. But they still treat each other with respect. They're partners. That's right. Yeah. Paul Denny took it back. Mm-hmm. Like Randall took back. You know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> well, yeah. Rest in peace, Arlene Sorkin, Mm -hmm. Bob Barker. Uh, You'll be missed. Absolutely. With that, we'll be right back. We're going to get into our uh, discussion. back thank you guys for continuing to hang out with us so before we went on break i mentioned briefly what we were going to talk about and it was in correlation to the harley quinn character uh a lot of people who are fans of her from the uh, movie suicide squad Mm -hmm. and casual as they say uh think her that is her true history Mm -hmm. of watching those movies uh where then you have fans who have known her from the beginning like we were talking about mm-hmm. the Arlene Sorkin uh Batman uh animated series mm-hmm. Harley Quinn uh they know that and then there's the comic book fans what i wanted to talk about today was uh movie fans versus comic book fans mm-hmm. uh because i've had this debate and i'm sure you have too with a lot of people oh, yeah. who have the ca- who are the casual MCU fans as mm-hmm. opposed to hardcore comic book fans Mm -hmm. uh you've been witness to it when there was somebody who questioned me and they go well i own the marvel universe handbook and i know because it says i'm like where does it say that (laughs) i say, I guarantee you you're wrong they went into the book and saw that i was writing they're like well you know um i'm like yeah shut up dude i have been reading comic books since the age of 11 years old Mm -hmm. in 1981 i mean sorry 11 years old in 1984 Mm. this brain holds more comic book fucking Mm. origin stories than you will ever know i always feel like um from uh and i'm not a glasses adjuster mind you right right. i just know my history it's it's like kind of trying to tell a a uh, college professor who's an american historian Mm -hmm. has studied his whole life american history Mm -hmm. oh that didn't really happen in 1776 Mm -hmm. yes yes it did no it didn't 
<laughs> I I recently have been having that because I've been a comic book reader since like um, elementary school and everything on and off since nineteen diggity do the Kaiser took our diggity. Um, <laughs> we were onions on our belt. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I I start to feel like um, from a. Chronicles of Narnia. Don't cite the deep magic to me, which I was there when it was written. <laughs> so, um, and um, it's just happened recently at work and everything. One of my coworkers, like, right. I mean, he loves the comic book movies and everything, but he's never actually read the source material. And then we would have like debates about it. It was like, bro, what are you debating about? It's not, yeah. not that I'm saying that I'm right, but this is what it is. Well, so, you then you throw words at them like canonically and they lose their mind. They have no yeah. idea what that means. So I mentioned to him that uh, Storm from the X-Men was mm-hmm. Queen of Wakanda for a while. Yes. And he's like, what? No, that ain't. And I'm like, yeah, she was married to Black Panther. Why no, do they do uh, that? She's not even in the MCU. Well, well, it's funny is that, well, it's funny that he had a problem with it. I was like, well, what's the big deal but like why do you why okay so why do you say it's wrong why do you say it's bad so instead of "Eh." being intrigued by that and going wow i'd like to really read that yeah or we're working on a um puzzle like Mm. a spider-verse puzzle and i'm like oh i I see miles in the background he's like that is that's not miles like yeah it is bro it's the uh red the black suit the the um the graffiti style uh, well that's not what his suit looks like in the movie well he said like that's not him because he doesn't wear his mask in the movie Yes, he did. Yes, he does. He's like he's always like you know usually without the mask. Yeah, yeah. During dialogue scenes, but when he's fighting, he has the mask on. But the point is, even if he doesn't have his mask on or off or whatever, that's still Miles. That's like yeah. saying that's like saying okay, you see Superman, right? Um, you see the S, you see the red cape, you see right. the blue. But let's just say that he wore a hat in one scene in one of the movies. He's like that's like saying like oh it's not him. He's because he's not wearing that hat. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like. The one that started it for me is when somebody had told me that uh, who the it was it was somebody asked who were the original Avengers mm-hmm. and somebody posted the MCU Avengers. I'm yeah. like, nope, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is not the first Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I put the real first Avengers who mm-hmm. were the Hulk, Thor, Ant Man, Wasps, mm-hmm. and Iron Man mm-hmm. to take uh, on Loki. Mm-hmm. So the movie got it right who their first villain was when mm-hmm. they came together but it wasn't the original team and like so the, yeah. it's, captain america didn't become an avenger until issue three yeah and also their team lineup was closer more to the ultimates right which was marvel ultimates um modern take on the avengers yes including but, including, but they still had giant man they still had Wasp. giant man and everything yeah. and um but yeah so a lot of people um they think that the mcu is like the canon it's the marvel. bible is the old old right right i and, know i know my superheroes i watch all the mcu movies right and so um it's okay so it's a it's a combination of Earth six one six and the Ultimates. You know? I mean, and again, but I'm with not, their own with their own spin on. Yeah, yeah, I'm not knocking fans of the movies. Oh no, not at all. It, and I'm not saying that one is more one is better than the other. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it, you want to learn the true history, listen to somebody or read some of the source mm. material. Yeah. Some I think what happens is a lot of the people um, we live in the age of. Twitter or X mm-hmm. and the internet and people want quick, 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 quick. Oh, let yeah. me Google it and I'll find out faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we, when I was coming up, uh, the internet wasn't a thing. No, the internet was basically uh, what do you call it? Going to your local library and looking through the files. I'm just saying. Yeah. And go to your local comic shop and sit there and debate for hours. Who's mm-hmm. stronger Hulk of the Thor with other fucking geeks. Mm-hmm. And we, we would read the source material. So mm-hmm. like Luke Cage, for example, um, 
his origin story. That's why when I watched the series, I kind of marked out when mm-hmm. I saw his uh, his oh his his prison outfit, costume. which was yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. with yeah. the headband. Mm-hmm. I was like ah, I laughed. And the and the yellow blouse. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's and he looked in the mirror. He's like, I look like a damn fool. Look, oh, yeah. with with the fucking shirt yeah. buttoned all the way to the fucking belly button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I look like a damn fool. Well, yeah, but you know, um, but no, like you said, and everything. This isn't a knock on anything. In yeah. fact, like the movies, the TV shows, and all that. It is the best way to get new fans absolutely it is a gateway because as you know like getting into comics it's tough because there's a whole history bro there's also retcons reboots and all that so it's like where to start i've been i've been wanting to get back into reading books and mm -hmm. i'm like there's so fucking many and not only that they're expensive as fuck oh dude like okay the first time i ever bought a comic book mm -hmm. i'm gonna age myself here Mm -hmm. were 50 cents each now it's 3.95 an issue and that's the cheap side and you know what the thing is is that um like the story you either love it or you'll hate it and if you hate it that means you just spent 20 dollars to collect a series that you uh, started not to like. Exactly. But you know what the gimmick was that started in the 90s that I couldn't stand and it still goes today? Mm. Uh, it's almost like the Arrowverse. The Arrowverse took it from the comic books. Uh-huh. Oh, if you like this book, well, guess what? The story isn't an issue of somebody else's Oh, comic the book. branching, meanwhile. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Marvel is notorious bro, for that. Yeah. Everybody does it now. It's like, oh, well, if you want to read the next chapter, you got to go buy a comic oh, book you don't do you, ever really read. Do you know, you know the, the, when they did it the worst, where it jumped the shark, was like during the Civil War storyline. Oh, and yeah. then they had like, you had the main Civil War storyline, yep. but then you had Heroes for Hire, Fantastic Four, X-Men. And they did it again with War of the Realms um, and other storylines and everything. So I can understand folks wanting to stick with the movies and the TV shows yeah. because it's centralized. No, exactly. It's simple, exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah. because like I said, the well, and the books are, like you said, it's so expensive. And now what they try to, they started doing, when I was a kid, trade paperbacks were a very far and few between thing. Yeah. And it was also done for like graphic novels mm-hmm. where now trade paperbacks are done for every story arc. Mm-hmm. So like if, if a story arc in a, in say in Captain America runs for 20 issues, mm-hmm. then they take those 20 issues and put it into a graphic novel form. Honestly, um, the, I advocate trade paperbacks. That is the right. best way to get into comics because again, Single issues are very expensive. Yep. And also they and branch back out. back issues are even more expensive. Right. And they branch out. Yeah. So I usually uh, I usually wait for the trade paperback. Right. Because when I was going to college, um, there's a comic book store right near ASU. Mm-hmm. And I had a box there. Um, and as folks you don't know, um, boxes is where like they... Um, they hold your books. They, they hold your books of like select titles and everything. Right. So that means you are obligated to, to pick them, them up yeah. because you know why because they're taking money off their shelves yeah. for you so if you can't keep up then either it's a res- reservation yeah, it's You're a reservation yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you um yeah either have to like you know give up your books or keep buying yeah i was a broke-ass college student so i couldn't <laughs> keep up with that so i had to end it yeah. so ever since that experience i'm like you know what if there is a new series that comes out I'm just going to wait for the trade yeah. paperback when i was a kid i used to have a box also mm-hmm. um but before that Again, it was affordable enough where uh, you got an allowance or you made your little side money and you got like 
say 20 bucks a week, you can go buy 10 books and still have money left over mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, I would spend like average a week, probably like $5 mm-hmm. and I get 20 comic books. Yeah. You know, now 20 comic books is half your paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally it was for me because I worked at GameStop. Yeah. So <laughs> the crazy part was that it, then when in the nineties, I had a box also at Jim Hanley's universe mm-hmm. in uh, New York city. Cause I used to work on wall street mm-hmm. and I would go pick up my books every week. And then it just, I noticed that it started getting bigger and bigger yeah. and that's when i realized then they started with the whole hollow foil uh mm-hmm. covers and the tin foil covers and all this shit jim lee was fucking x-men was notorious oh, for that we got I had different that one. issues i had it was the fatal attraction storyline from 93 yeah, and, and it, i had the first issue with the uh the fold out the fold out the holographic but like then, the image. But then, yeah but then you had five different covers yeah so you had to get five different number ones if mm. you wanted all the different covers. Ooh, and also when they started doing the trading cards. Oh yeah. If you want this trading card, you have to get this issue. Yeah. And so it forth. was. It was. It, and it's all a marketing gimmick. Oh yeah. Now the age, I think of like people talk about how Action Comic Books number one sold for three million dollars, or uh, Spider Man number one sold for this or that, mm-hmm. and you, that's never going to happen anymore. And you know what I think was the actually the jump to shark moment? There were two times mm-hmm. uh, for me, in my opinion, uh, where the valuable comic book won't mm-hmm. be a thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, was the death of Superman issue, mm-hmm. who they announced it on the news. And, that was a big deal. And everybody and their mother went and bought an issue. Mm-hmm. They did a polybagged uh, uh, issue with mm-hmm. a black armband inside of it and a poster and all this shit. And Everybody and their mother bought a copy of it. They made fucking millions of copies, mm-hmm. and it's basically worthless now. Yeah, because Superman's alive. Well, yeah. not only that, yeah. they flooded the market. Mm-hmm. So they put so much out there, and so many people bought it. Like Joe Sixpack went and bought one because yeah. it'd just be, oh, Superman's gonna die. This gonna be worth so much money. And that, and that was around the right, almost the same time as the Spider-Man 300 issue. Yeah, the one that was with, with the cover of Tom McFarlane. Yeah. yeah. McFarlane, uh, which is an iconic cover. Absolutely. Uh, but also the one that did it too was, um, uh, and it's a very little known book, so maybe one day it'll be worth more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a issue of Alpha Flight mm-hmm. where Northstar says he's gay. Oh, I remember that was a big one because yeah. like sexuality in comics was always about man and woman. Well, well, so he was, like, a, he a was gay the first superhero. out. Yeah, yeah as a, that was a big deal. Yeah, He was the very first out mm-hmm. superhero. Uh, Marvel took, I guess you could say the safe way to do it because it's North star of alpha flight, a mm-hmm. very little known team on a very, and a very little known character. And it was kind of stereotypical too, because he was French Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's like, let's make the French Canadian. Yeah. He was a French Canadian mutant. Yeah. Who had a twin sister and he used to be a professional skier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're kind of right. They kind of did go with a stereotype. They did. Yeah. But the thing is that I remember when that issue came out that even my sister, who I read comic books my whole life, pretty mm-hmm. much, she was never a comic book reader. She went and bought an issue yeah. because it was supposed to be a huge deal and everybody was going to go up so much in value because he says he's gay. I was like, if everybody has one, then they're not rare. Yeah. What people don't understand is about comic books. If, if it's rare, yeah, it could be expensive. Mm-hmm. If it's not rare, it's not going to be worth shit. Yeah. You know, if, if there's, it, it's like, okay, 
it's like classic hot rods. Not mm. saying that comic books are the same value, but if there's say a 1957 Chevy and there's less and less of them every year, mm-hmm. the cost of that car, no matter what condition it is, is going to keep going up. Yep. Uh, same but, thing with the video games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you got like a Nissan Sentra mm. from like you know uh, 2010, mm. there's gonna there's a shit ton of them out there, dude. They're yeah. not going to be worth that much. Yeah. Absolutely. But like uh, going back to our, our yeah. topic and everything. But, yeah. But real quick, yeah, yeah, going to your comparison about video games. It's yeah. like finding a workable uh, ET, not ET, yeah, ET yeah. cartridge uh-huh. is fucking huge money. Yeah. Why? Because there's a landfill, yeah. a landfill in New Mexico. As well as full the infamy behind the game. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah. like a gold, a gold cartridge Zelda. Mm-hmm. I mean, gold cartridge Zelda was huge. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, a, what do we, it's almost like a fucking, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's it's almost like the Holy Grail. Yeah. It's almost impossible to find. Mm-hmm. You know? But anyway, but go yeah. Ahead. But no, it's um. But yeah, so like, uh, there's always like the debates between the comic uh, fans and the and the movie fans and everything. And the movies, like you know, like I said, they're a great way to get introduced, like you know, new fans and everything. But it's also created like another like generation of gatekeeping. Because like you mentioned everything, you, when you mentioned like, oh yeah, and the comics are this, that, and everything, they start to become defensive. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not, and everything. But it also, it could be the same thing with the comic book Vice fans. Vice versa. Vice yeah. versa. So it's almost, it's a very, it's a nerd civil war. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the the yeah. lamest civil war ever. Right. So the comic book fans, like, you know, they can be just as bad because, yeah. like, they remind me of the, the book was better type of people. Like, oh, you know, the, yeah. I get tired of, like, the I had book to, is better. I had to break my kid of that habit. Yeah. Because you know, we used to watch like some movies where they were mm-hmm. like uh, Harry Potter. And they said, oh, that, that doesn't happen in the book. Yeah. Oh, and I'm like, okay. Oh, oh, that doesn't happen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I told a friend of mine, like a friend of mine, he was like always like, he's pretentious about his book reading. Oh, Lord. Like you like to read books. Awesome. We all love to read and everything. I mean, it's but don't, fine. Don't make it a flex because you're flexing about reading. That's just weird. Yeah, it, that is a weird flex. <laughs> it is. It reminds me of uh, Boondocks when Thug Nificent was congratulating Huey. Man, I heard my brother told, your brother told me you likes to read. Stay up, my young brother. Are you congratulating me for reading? Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 like uh, was it Chris Rock? Yeah. I take care of my kids. You're supposed You're to. Supposed to <laughs> so we 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 just watched. Uh, we saw um, I Am Legend, uh, and we come out, and he's going on. Well, in the book, they do this, they do that, and everything. But and he wasn't doing it in like an affirmative way. Right. Well, first of all, it was on. Uh, it was what do you call it? Um, unsolicited. We didn't ask. Oh, so you got ear raped. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, I'm like, bro, nobody fucking cares. And even if they did care, they don't now because you ruined it for them. <laughs> I feel Sometimes when people do that, I feel like the guy from uh, Top Gear. Yeah. Huh. So anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, well, there was... The, he, you know who's big on mm-hmm. doing that? The super fans of the Tolkien? Mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh. The, those movies, all that, there's so much missing from the books. The movie was already three hours long. What, if he, what else could they put in? If he already included, yeah. if he included everything Tolkien wrote, uh-huh. you'd be there watching it for a day. See, and, that, see, and that's <laughs> what like, folks need to understand is that the books and comics, they're not going to be fully translated to screen. Well, it says adaptation. Right. Well, that's another adaptation. thing. It's an adaptation. And yeah. people think that it's a full-blown 
um, rework, rework, and everything. There are some that were close, as close as you could possibly can. I like to mention. I think I mentioned before the crow. Yeah, it was probably about ninety five percent to the graphic novel. I would also say uh, Sin City. Yeah, uh, Sin oh, City was too. almost like panel for but panel. Robert Rodriguez wanted to do that intentionally. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, but going back to what we were talking about, you're mm-hmm. right. It become a new gatekeeping for the movie people. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they'll sit there and go, "Oh, well, that doesn't. Oh, that's not." And but the comic book fans can be worse sometimes. Yeah, because they adjust their glasses, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, excuse me. See, I was like, calm down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, um, I'm, I'm gonna admit yeah. that I was like that when I was younger. You adjusted your glasses. Oh, big time. I'm <laughs> like, I should, I should be like in a, um, a support group. Hello, my name is Jay Shell, and I'm a glasses adjuster. It's been my. <laughs> It's been five years since the last time I adjusted my glasses and stroked my neck beard. <laughs> um, well, hi, welcome to uh, hello J- 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 JC or no, something like that. No, welcome to JAA. Yeah, right. Glasses adjusters. Just- <laughs> so I was like that. I or I GAA. Where the fuck did I get JAA? Right. GAA. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought that like if they were about to adapt a comic, it had yeah. to be one hundred percent accurate, exactly, like straight yeah. up. From the pages. If it wasn't, then it sucked. Um, as I grew older, I start, I uh, then learned that you have to cut corners. You have to make adjustments for the movies right. because there are pa- the pages on the comic books don't translate well to the movies. Some of them don't. Yeah, really. like for example, I honestly I'm in a minority here, but I loved how how they adapted um, the Watchmen. You know. No, you're not. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed I, it. I liked how they changed some things, like because like in the original comic, the fucking um, Ozzy Medeiros like transported a giant squid yeah. in the middle of Manhattan. That would have been just too comical. In the yeah, movie. it would. It would have looked stupid. Yeah. And uh, oh, also, um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I know it's like the black sheep of comic book based <laughs> movies, but what I liked yeah. about the movie was that it didn't have the typical Alan Moore bullshit. Yeah. I just think it was a bad movie. Yeah. It had its flaws. It had, Don't it get me wrong. It had its flaws. However, I think it was poorly casted. Yeah. However, I did love the fact that, okay, you have a Victorian era Justice League. Yeah. And, you know, that's a great concept. Right. Fictional characters brought yeah. to life. From from the from li- uh, liter- uh, literary history. history. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think they'd be a superhero team. Yeah. Like, but Tom, yeah. in the books, it, Tom Sawyer is actually a, uh, a secret agent or like well, a he secret was, service he, agent. He the... was actually added in the movie. Yeah. So he wasn't in the comics. Oh, no, no, you're right. He wasn't. Yeah. But, wasn't. but you also couldn't do an adaptation panel for panel from the book because the no. book gets kind of graphic. Oh, Alan it gets, Moore, it's, it's Alan Moore for some reason, likes rape. And oh, he Alan Moore is it in all of his see, works. See, and that's why I preferred the movie to the comics because, again, it gets rid of the Alan Moore yeah, bullshit. Because in in the book, he makes the Invisible Man a, a rapist. rapist. Yeah. yeah. Why would you want to see a superhero about that? And then in Watchmen, he made the comedian a, a rapist. rapist. Yeah. yeah so. And uh, I, dude, that guy. You talk about edgelord writers. Oh, that motherfucker. He, he is, is the, the grandfather oh, yeah. of edgelords. Oh, well, dude, that's the edgelord starter pack. Oh. Alan Moore comic books is yeah. in there. Yeah, but... Um, Swamp but th- you got to read Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God, I, I would hate to know what Swamp Thing does in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I've never but, read it. But but, no, but yeah, but um, but like getting back, it's... Yeah. Um, but no, like there are things that the movies do better than the comics and vice versa. Yeah. And you got you got to think of it like to comic book fans and everything. You got to you know 
take your take yourself out of the comic book and try to see it like how it would adapt yeah. to a movie. Well, they exactly there yeah. are things that you can adapt into a movie, like mm-hmm. uh, the whole um, Rorschach character. Yeah, from the comic books is almost literal to the movie. I mean, yeah. they, they they adapted him almost literal, mm-hmm. including the scene where he goes, "Oh, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're yeah. trapped in here with me." Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think uh, was it um, what's his name, the three name guy. Oh, bad news bears. Oh, uh, Jackie or Haley. Jackie or Haley. Yeah. He killed he, it. Oh yeah, he was Russia. the VIP. Uh, no, uh, he was the MVP. MVP that, definitely. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. no, him. Him and Jeffrey Dean Morgan stole the movie. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, same. And um, but but also Night Owl. It was a great adaptation from the comic book too. Mm. Uh, he was supposed to be a little bit more schlubby. Yeah. But I mean, you can't really fault them for that. Oh yeah. It's a dude from Insidious plays him. Oh, uh, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I thought. Um, Oh, God, what's his name? Uh, Matthew something. Oh, is Ozzy Mendez? Ozzy Mendez. Yeah. I thought he was perfect. Oh, yeah, he was great. He was scary. Well, he looks smug, too. Well, so. he looks smug. But you know the thing is, is that he was smug, but he could fucking back it up. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he, like, Warshak and Night Owl could not touch him. No. Nope. Like, literally. Like, no. he was like... And see, and that's what I could not... Well, he's an OP character. Yeah. So. Uh, well, see, and that's what they I couldn't, like, uh, they couldn't really, like, um, what's it called? Depict one of the comics. Right. Was, like... How are these guys are superheroes and everything? Well, they and, don't have any superpowers. They're right. just like men. But in in the movie, like they were yeah. able to make them look like, oh, these are dangerous people. Like they're yeah. snapping limbs, they're doing yep. this, all and that, and everything. So, well, it it was funny about the Watchmen to go into the back history. Mm-hmm. Those were properties that were bought by DC Comics from an old comic book company, Charleston. I think so. It yeah. was the same one that they bought Captain Marvel, aka Shazam, from, mm-hmm. uh, and they asked Alan Moore. Uh, to write a story about them. And Alan Moore, I mm-hmm. fucking hate superheroes. Yeah. Great, write a story. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. So you give a, a writer who's notoriously hates the superhero genre mm-hmm. to write a superhero comic book. Which is funny because he's one of the most well-known comic book writers of yeah. all time. Like he's like written but like some iconic uh, characters. He has, but he has in the same way Neil Gaiman has. Mm-hmm. They write those weird, quirky uh, left of center yeah. characters, you know, it's, they're not—they're not what you would call a stereotypical superhero. I, he's kind of like the whole like I always refer to Alan Moore as like the David Lynch of comic books. Like yeah. I'm the whole like or yeah. the Hideo Kojima of comic books, as in like I'm better than the medium I'm known um, for. Yeah, yeah. He—that's like saying like well, and it's true because it's like Neil Gaiman is the Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. of comic book writers. Yes, yeah. he is. I love the fact that Simpsons, because like uh, Alan Moore did a guest stand on Simpsons. He did. And like Bart says, I love like your run of Radioactive Man. He's like, oh, really? So you like that I made him an opium addicted jazz critic who is neither uh, radioactive. radioactive. Yeah. yeah. No, I just like when you draw the muscles on him. <laughs> oh, no, so, but get back to what we were talking about. Yeah. And you get a lot of the movie fans, because I get them approaching me all the time because they mm-hmm. know I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at me, I'm wearing a a gay Deadpool shirt today. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you could just say Deadpool and that covers it. Uh, well, they did bring, they did out him in the comic books as being uh, pansexual. Yeah. Which is funny though when you see these bros, these bro <laughs> that only watch the movie yeah. uh, have stickers on their car of Deadpool. Yeah. Hey, that, guess what, bro? That, or or they're the same ones that try to like uh, think like the, the Spartans or the, the most manliest men. Yeah. Uh, or the most hetero men. Well, I mean, yeah. And Vikings. Oh, I'm descended from Vikings so you like men. 
Yeah. The Vikings weren't all straight. They are. <laughs> they fucked anything that breathed. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll yeah. get into history some other time. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that I get them approaching me. Like just the other day, somebody was talking to me if I had seen the Blue Beetle movie yet. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. I'm like, oh, well, you know, some people I'm like, listen. Uh, because he's not the original Blue Beetle. Um, he's like the third Jaime, one. Yeah. Jaime, Jaime Reyes. Jaime Reyes. Yeah. I believe he's the second one. Hmm. Uh, Ted Cord is what everybody knows as Blue Beetle, who's a comic book fan. Hmm. And that guy told me they actually pay homage to Ted Cord in the movie, too. I know his company is in there. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Me and my girlfriend are going right. to see it earlier. I mean, so, later, I mean. So my thing is, is that I said, yeah, but Jaime Reyes is... No, Jaime Reyes is a ghostwriter. I think. No, no, uh, Jaime Reyes is Blue oh, Bill. Okay. You're thinking of, oh, God. His name's Jaime, too, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, yeah. uh, he's been Blue Beetle, I believe, for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, uh, since uh, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, so that yeah. was years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not something new. Right. Uh, and then they, okay, here's where the mo- you can tell where they're movie fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that his son saying, oh, they're just ripping off Iron Man. Oh, Lord. I, yeah. I was like, hang on. Mm-hmm. I was like, hold on. And I educated him real quick. Mm-hmm. I said, well, actually, it's more ripping off the Guyver yep. than it is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Iron Man t- kind of ripped off Guyver also because his techno-organic armor where it's like, what is it called? Oh, uh, Extremis. The Extremis yeah. didn't come out till later on. Yeah, All his armor like he used yeah. to have to put on. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, but... Ted Core was just a guy in a spandex suit with gadgets, mm-hmm. whereas Jaime, he's an alien uh, organic armor that infects him. Yeah, you know it's funny. Is so that, it's closer yeah. to Guyver than it is to Iron Man. It's funny because that's how you sold me on uh, Blue Beetle because yeah. you know that I love Guyver. Yeah, and then so when you told me about it, I was like, okay, let me see the backstory. Okay, um, the scarab, oh, like the Guyver unit. Yeah, it attached to his forehead. Oh, that's what happened to show. Um, He's got like, you know, alien organic armor, armor yeah. blades and all that. Holy shit. It's DC's guy. It, it is. I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, and like my girlfriend saw the trailer with me. Uh-huh. She was, oh, that's like Iron Spider. I was like, no, Iron Spider kind of stole that from him. Yeah. Because he gets the legs that come out of the back. Yeah. Like Jaime uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Reyes, like he's been uh, around since 2006. That's yeah. Infinite Crisis number three. So, so it's yeah. actually longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like 15 years. That's that's almost 20 years. Yeah. Uh, uh, and He's still a teenager, <laughs> right? <laughs> they bar students in him. Well, yeah. What's funny is that yeah, that's another that's another similarity he had with Guyver because yeah. Show Fukumanji was a seventeen year old, and so is a uh, uh, Jaime. I mean, and, and that's the thing that people again going back to what we we're talking about the movie versus the comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, right here, this person's telling me that they think it's ripped off from Iron Man because they've only watched the movies. I was like, no. If you go back into the history of it and you watch it, it's it's pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say rip off. I, I mean, I, yeah, I know yeah. to the Guyver, and but people who aren't really pop culture huge fans and, mm-hmm. and know that because Guyver is to you and I, yeah, it's a known thing, yeah, it's been but, around since like 85, yeah. But yeah. to a guy who just watches MCU movies or a person that watches MCU movies uh-huh. or, and comic book uh, movies mm-hmm. or even just reads mainstream comic books, they're not gonna know who the Guyver is, right? Right, you know. Uh, Guyver started out as an an, uh, manga Mm -hmm. back in the 80s and Mm -hmm. then it was an anime and then it was a live action movie Mm -hmm. horribly done by the way the second movie though was fucking badass was it? oh yeah the first one was with Mark Harmon Oh, Mark, 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 Mark Hamill. Hamill. Actually, Mark they Hamill. they pulled the rug on the folks because on the cover of the of the poster yeah. it says Mark Hamill. 
Guyver. Yeah, he's not the Guyver. No, it's a guy, a guy named Jack Armstrong. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, well, let's face facts though. Any American adaptation of a of a manga or mm-hmm. a anime mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah, but the second one actually was a lot more faithful. Dragon Ball was good though. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, it was a dude from Shameless as Goku. Oh god! Oh, you mean the son from uh, War of the Worlds? I gotta go see it, Dad. Bro, it was the the, the uh, that movie Dragon Ball. What yeah. hurt my heart was I am a huge fan of Chow Young Fat. I love yeah. Chow Young Fat. Dude, yeah. When I saw him in that movie, I was like, "Come on, dude!" It, it was like watching yeah. Al Pacino and Dick Tracy. I'm saying Hollywood. Oh my God, they did him so dirty with these stereotypical roles. Honestly, yeah. to me, his best role was uh, what it called um, replacement killers. Is it for American movies? For American movies. Yeah. But if you're talking about Hong Kong, you're going to oh, have to no. give me a minute. Hard-boiled, I, The Killers. I, yeah. Uh, the list goes a on. A Better Tomorrow. Yeah. The list goes on and on. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so... Um, he was John Woo's muse for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, but going back to what we were saying, Replacement Killers, is that the one with Mary Servino? Yep. It's just a great movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway... So going back to what we're talking about. So if you're a fan of the movies, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But don't that's not the end all and be all of your history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I appreciate there are a lot of people who want to learn more and mm-hmm. they'll ask you more and more questions. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, my girlfriend and I got into a whole uh, talk and uh, edu- I guess education, you could say, about Isaiah mm-hmm. Bradley mm-hmm. from the Winter Soldier, you know, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier series, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaiah Bradley. Oh, yeah. And I taught her all his real backstory. Mm-hmm. They got close to it in the series, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't get deep enough into it, See, which I'm, I'm sure they're going to. I hope they do in um, the, the uh, fourth one. New World Order? New World Order. Well, they, uh, apparently they're changing the name to it. Brave New World, yeah. Brave New World? Yeah. I like New World Order better. Maybe they go, Me too. Maybe WWE right. uh, threatened to sue them? Probably. I, I, I forgot, I forgot the details about that, but yeah, yeah. but no, but um, but no, like uh, I was um, I when I used to work at GameStop, uh, right. one of my coworkers uh, slash friends, like you know, she was getting more into comics and everything because right. of the movies, and I said, hey, you know, originally in the comic. Da, 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 and that piqued her interest. She's like, "Really? For yeah. real?" And that's the type of positive conversation that the movie exactly. fans and the comic fans should have. Yep. Is not like berate each other, not act like who's right, um, because it's futile. Right. But also like, well, if, neither one of you are right yeah. or wrong. Yeah. How is it you like to quote the Ben Affleck? They're fictional characters. Fictional characters. characters. But uh, yeah, and it's also it's um. But yeah, and also like just like right. o- open your mind. Whether you're a movie fan or a comic book fan, you have to open your mind. You do know you know what I'm saying? Do you know what's even better when you surprise people when you tell them that there's movies that are adapted from comic books that they didn't know were mm-hmm. uh, like um, History of Violence was yep. a graphic novel. Oh yeah, people have no clue that that was uh, Ghost uh, World. Ghost World. Scott mm-hmm. Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. How I mean, I don't know how they don't know it's a comic book, but Scott Pilgrim saved mm-hmm. was it? Scott Pilgrim saves the universe. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Versus the world. Yeah, that's that's on a comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tank Girl. Dick Tracy. Who's what? What'd you call me? Dick Tracy. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. The, the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd. Yeah. Hey, listen. It, don't, don't, that's a great movie. I didn't say, Wait, wait. Uh, where did I judge it? I said... <laughs> when did back, you judge it? You said. I said the Sylvester Stallone one because at the time, yeah. when the Sylvester Stallone Dread came out, nobody knew it was a comic except no. the English because yeah. it was it's it a was, British comic. It, it, it got adapted here in the 80s, but you're right. Mm. Uh, I, or just like um, Conan. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was adapted from the Pulp... Uh, from the pulp magazines yeah yeah Yeah. so anyway but yeah exactly and a lot of people don't know that that was a comic book first Conan Mm -hmm. Uh, talking on Tank Girl real quick my Mm -hmm. you know who I think I think honestly the one with Lori Petty Mm -hmm. is fucking great yeah it's a campy 
you know, waste your time movie mm-hmm. that you watch just for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think it would it's due for a reboot. My opinion, mm-hmm. Cara Delevingne. I can see that because you know the thing is is that um, Carla Delevingne has that for Hollywood standards that unconditional, uh, unconventional, look, unconventional look, thick ass eyebrows. With, yep, and uh, and everything. Just She's like beautiful Lori, though. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just like with Lori Petty, Lori, I see Lori Petty as like the the Carla yep. of the nineties. She's a badass beatboxer too. Yeah, she Carla is. Delevingne. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard her. Yeah, yeah. You see but when yeah. she when she uh, dissed James Franco and uh, or yeah James Franco and uh, that one dude that you don't like. Oh, uh, James Corden? Yeah. Yeah. When she dissed him in a rap battle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said she gets more women than them. Yep. I'm like, yeah, probably yeah. right. Well, it's also that, you know, she doesn't have to use Quaaludes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. Hello, hey, Mr. Jay- I'm wondering, James Franco's, I mean, not James Franco, it's Dave Franco. Sorry, it's Dave Franco. Oh. His wife is a good-looking woman. Oh, I thought you were talking about James Franco. No, no, the Dave Franco. Oh, okay. Uh, Dave, oh, I like Dave Franco. Yeah, Dave Franco's wife is the one from Community. Yeah, yeah, Allison Brie. Yeah. But no, I thought, so, you, yeah, I thought but we, yeah. Tank Girl, mm. I think she, yeah, and not only that, because Tank Girl, Carl Delevingne, I think, could kill it because, one, it, take, it takes place in a post-apocalyptic Australia, mm-hmm. and she's Australian. Yep. And have you seen her when she's, like, in real life? Mm-hmm. Actually, looks, I, think she, I think she might be British. No, Carl or, Delevingne's Australia. She, she, I promise you, she's Australian. She's English. She's English. Yep. Hammersmith, oh, London. Yeah. Oh, I, I think she just has that Aussie energy. She does. Yeah. Because you, you ever see her when she's, like, her true self? Yeah. She's, like, punk rock. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck. So she is basically Tank Girl. I mean, like, I mean, always saw it as Aussies. It's, like, yeah. punk rock English. You know what's mm-hmm. funny, though? Mm-hmm. If you see them in real life, Margot Robbie is more enchantress because they were both in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And Cara Delevingne is more Harley Quinn. Yeah. I think Har- uh, Mar- uh, Cara Delevingne mm. probably would have pulled off Harley Quinn better than Margot Robbie did. Mm. And not that Margot Robbie didn't do a good job, mm-hmm. but I think probably the only thing that would have separated them, mm. Margot Robbie does a great Brooklyn accent. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Um, so uh, what was it called? Uh, I was just trying to think of like other like uh, lesser known. Oh, The Mask. The a lot Mask. Of, the a lot comic of, book movie. And and that's you know and um, when I Hellboy. say Hellboy. Hellboy. Yeah, but like uh, now that I mentioned The Mask, like you know how about like you know trying to adapt the undaptable and everything. Yeah. They did that. They um, did a great job though. They too. did though. Like honestly, me, I prefer the movie version. Right. Because the comic is way too chaotic. It's a, a way more slapstick than right, yeah. and it, and it could be just obnoxious. Of like, okay, all right, yeah. yeah, all right. Well, hold that thought. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody! This is Cletus J. Cousinfucker. Coming to you from the Minority Support Studio. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Minorities. There's a lot of people in here. They ain't no minority. Anyway, so listen up. Check it out. Listen to these leftists, socialists, fascists, communists. Uh, I can't remember any more is, but yeah, FJB. And we're back. Thank you guys for continuing to hang out with us. So what we're talking about is movie fans versus comic book fans. Uh, you were talking about The Mask. Mm-hmm. See, I think The Mask was a Jim Carrey vehicle. Mm-hmm. They wanted it. Yeah, I'm sure they wanted to do a true adaptation from the comic book. Mm-hmm. But it did help that you had a, a guy like Jim Carrey attached to it. I think that's what made it more popular. And this was during the year of Jim Carrey, I like to yeah. call it. 1994. Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask. So he had a movie for each of like the major like m- like you know movie uh, seasons. Yeah. 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 So The Mask, yes, was... De- you 
you're definitely correct. If you read the comic book, it can get a little much at times. Uh, we're putting that lightly. Yeah. Like it is extremely violent, extremely dark. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh way. Oh yeah. Just uh, like Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like people. You know what's funny? When you this is how you can tell the comic book fans also from the movie cartoon genre fans. Mm-hmm. When you mention Ninja Turtles and they start Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, yeah. it's like okay, you're a cartoon fan. Yeah. Because. If, and if you, because if they if they think Ninja Turtles and they think orange, blue, red, and and orange, blue, red, and purple, mm-hmm. then they're the cartoon fan. Right. Because in the original Ninja Turtles comic book, one, it was all in black and white. Mm-hmm. Two, there were no color identifying uh, 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 headbands. headbands. Yeah. Three, there were no robots, foot soldiers. No, they, they were, were humans. They were humans, yeah. and they were and they were decapitating them. Yeah, like the Ninja Turtles were slaughtering them. Yeah, yeah, and that's and Shredder was killing people too. See, you know, you know, what's funny is that even as a kid, because when the first Ninja Turtles live action movie came out, I was right. like in a kindergarten, and I remember the kids were like, "Well, why weren't they robots? What's this? That's not Ninja Turtles and everything." And then. Um, Later on in life, I realized, oh shit, that is like a true adaptation because yeah. not only they were human, like foot soldiers, I mean, um, uh, foot clan, yeah, but they were like you know outsider kids, like you know, yes. um, delinquents and yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, hum, hum, was it not Hamato Yoshi? Uh, Orokusaki. Orokusaki. Yep. He he took kids who were orphans, street urchins, and yeah. made them into the foot clan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was it was like a it's even even more dark version of a Pleasure Island from Pinocchio. He, he's like a He's like a corrupt daddy Warbucks. Oh yeah. 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 Honestly, in the movie adaptation, my favorite adaptation from the comic book mm. is Shredder. Yeah. Yeah. It's Shredder. I it, still, I'm still waiting for a live action Krang, but that's just me. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> come on, you don't want to see a live action Krang? Oh, see, see that, that's the thing though. Cause they did, I think they did that in the Michael Bay. Did they? I think so. I didn't, I didn't really watch the second one. Yeah. As soon as I saw Honestly, uh-huh. the second one, as soon as I saw Stephen Amell's... Uh, Casey Jones? I was like, nah, I can't watch that. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I just See, can't. E- Elias Coteus was a dope Casey Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You You mean uh, uh, not Stabler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for, I forgot his name, from Chicago PD. But he, yeah. he's he's one of those, like, that guy actors. Well, he's think, also yeah. the guy that when you look at it goes, oh, dude, that's Stabler. For, oh, no, wait, no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, What does he like to say? Oh, it's like we have Stabler right at home. home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, but he, even though he's been around longer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but yeah, that, that so yeah, that was an example of um. But no, I yeah. I would admit like you know I was more from like my introduction to Teenage Mutant Turtles was the cartoon. The cartoon. Well, yeah, you're yeah. that generation. Yeah, yeah. It was huge when you were see because right. I was a teenager already when it came out. Although I still watched it. That's mm-hmm. why I was I was the rare geek that rather play sports than geek out all the time. Yeah. So I was I was like balancing between both worlds. Mm. I was kind of hanging out with jocks and playing sports, but I also. And I wasn't closeted about it though. Yeah, I would watch cartoons at in my teens, and I had dude. I was fifteen, and all my birthday presents that year were Ninja Turtle figures. <laughs> Same. No, like like but you uh, weren't fifteen, when, right? <laughs> no, but my thing is that I had like about a, I had like two dozen Ninja Turtle figures. Don't ask me, bro. Mm. If I had all this stuff that I had from my childhood to this day, mm. I wouldn't have to work for a living, dude. I remember I would try to collect all the different like versions of the Ninja oh, Turtles, God, like so where they had many. jobs. They were like, so many. They had like yeah. military Ninja Turtles, space turtles. Oh, I remember having I, the uh, I had the, the techno. Kid- 
the Technodrome. I had the Kiss Turtles. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, You had the Technodrome? Mm -hmm. Wow, look at you balling. Right? That's like having the uh, USS Flag from G.I. Joe. Or the uh, Millennium Falcon, the original yeah. Millennium Falcon. No, but um, the USS Flag is like the Holy Grail. It was that, uh, it's a helicarrier. Not a helicarrier, but like... Um, no, it was, it was a... It was a, uh, a it was a carrier. carrier no, no, it yeah. was a carrier. It was yeah. a fucking... But not a helicarrier. No, it was for planes. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was, uh, dude, if you had that, you were the kid on the block. Bro, to this day, that's like the holy grail for G.I. Joe, uh, collectors. Yeah. But anyway, going way back to what we were talking about, uh, that was another going that on the 80s. So, like I said, the Ninja Turtles is not a true adaptation of the comic books because the comic book was written by, uh, Kevin Laird. Uh, Kevin Eastman. Kevin Eastman Kevin and Peter Eastman, Laird. Peter Laird. Yeah. It was written for adults. Mm -hmm. uh, they created it by accident, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know the whole backstory of it if you don't. It was, uh, it was, they were it was, sitting at their kitchen table and they were trying to come like up with an idea. Yeah. And the dudes just draw a turtle. Mm -hmm. And then his his partner put in like the ninja stuff. Mm -hmm. And they created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is a mock of the X-Men. Yeah. The name is a mock of the X-Men because they're mutants. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they they made it where their origin is close to daredevil's origin yeah it was supposed to be like a um like a parody of the frank miller yeah. um uh daredevil run yeah. which is actually the most iconic daredevil yeah, but their, run but yeah. their name is based on the x men, x -Men yeah. and yeah it's and it's supposedly sort of canon that the ooze the mutated turtles is the same that blinded daredevil mm -hmm. uh, and hence why daredevil the ninja clan is the hand mm -hmm. and the turtles is the foot right <laughs> see and i love that it came full circle yeah. uh, for the turtles because i remember um the 2003 ninja turtles animated series which mm -hmm. i think is really underrated okay um they did i think it was like the series finale and it was called turtles forever right and it was a multiverse episode before the multiverse became popular right and it's the the 2003 turtles is that the one with the power rangers no oh, no okay. that was a dope episode power right. rangers in space yeah um that it was the Ninja Turtles of 2003 meeting their counterparts from the comic. Oh, nice. And the 80s TV show. And they are extremely, you and know, contrasting personalities. Series? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the 80s Ninja Turtles are like very like comical. They're very like harmless because so, the right. 80s cartoon, they couldn't show the violence. Right, right, right. They, well, in England, Michelangelo wasn't even allowed to use nunchucks. Yeah. Oh, and they weren't called ninjas. They were called mutant heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the eighty the, in the comic book um, origin turtles are dark, gritty, and but they were they took themselves too seriously. So um, so yeah. you got to see like these generation of turtles coming together and seeing how different they are. And so everything. you would say it was across the turtleverse. It was <laughs> across the shellverse. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, see the the thing is that oh and fast forward talking about that episode of the Power Rangers fast mm -hmm. forward now and I think it's WDC or something like that there's a comic book company that does uh, Ninja Turtles Power Rangers crossovers yeah and in one series the turtles actually get power crystals and they become yeah Power Rangers so imagine Power Ranger Ninja Turtles mm -hmm. talk about OP I'm saying no so but going back to the 80s then you get the Ninja Turtles but mm -hmm. then you get other comic book adaptation movies mm -hmm. uh, like Howard the Duck yeah Oh, real quick. I don't know if you know this because you're probably too young to remember. They actually did a parody of the Ninja Turtles, a parody of a parody. Mm -hmm. I guess somebody tried to, uh, what do you call it, get clout off of their uh, fame. Mm -hmm. It was called Radioactive Adolescent Black Belt Hamsters. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. Look it up. It's a fucking real thing. Oh, wow. Radioactive 
adolescent black belt uh, hamsters. Oh my god! And it was an indie comic book, and it was about radioactive adolescent black belt hamsters. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but going real quick, movie adaptations, and dude, I can't believe this one was produced by Steven Spielberg. Oh yeah, fucking Howard the Duck. Mm. See, you know what's funny is that a lot of people will love to nostalgia fap about the '90s, '80s, '70s, yeah. and everything, but those were the worst time for comic I book mean, movies. It was a movie about. A bestiality. It was. Because Leah Le- Le- Thompson was getting it on with the duck. A duck. Yeah. He's like, oh, but he's a human, a duck. He's still a duck. He's still a duck. <laughs> she And she was thirsty. She was in that, that you know, the uh, the top and panties yeah. and going like this on the bed. Yeah. Like the, Bro. I was like, okay. Have you, ever for, seen a, have you ever seen a duck's penis? I don't want to. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a corkscrew. How do you know that? Yeah. They got corkscrew dicks. No. How do you know that? Because I know anatomy and shit like that. Besides that, my, my girlfriend's a huge animal, and she knows all this shit that she shouldn't really know. You mean Adam, animal lover, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not like that lover. Yeah. Not, not, not the Leah Thompson. Not, can you imagine Leah Thompson's uh, like, okay, so in the last year, you tried to bang your son, and now you're going to bang a duck. <laughs> what a career. Right? <laughs> she, went from, she went from fucking uh, bestiality to fucking incest. I mean, it's still not as bad as like the Woody Allen wannabe from, oh, Cal- from Caroline in the, in the City. The, oh, so yeah. You could have just said it wasn't as bad as Woody Allen and just Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but so going back to the comic book versus movie fans, mm-hmm. uh, it's the same world, dude. It is. It's like you can geek out to both. What I, what, but what it is is there's a lot of bros and mm-hmm. a lot of uh intellectual quote unquote types that are the movie fans. Yeah. And they don't want to be kinda associated you with see, the comic book I, nerds. The I, comic book yeah. nerds. I blame Christopher Nolan for that shit. Because Because he went from Memento to Batman? Well no, it's just that you had well I not not just him, but also Brian Singer. Yeah. I, I blame the Batman the Nolan trilogy Batman trilogy and the X Men movies for oh, the pretentious comic book nerds. Jesus Christ. Because they only know those properties from those movies. Yeah. And they're directed by, you know, auteurs. And so in the in the movie creators. And so they pr- made the characters like, yeah, they gave them like, you know, deaf in terms of like um story and everything, but they also made them very pretentious. Right. And the thing is they try to more make their backstories even more tragic. Yeah. The comic book characters themselves, and Stan Lee said it. Yeah. He goes he believed the greatest heroes are created from tragedy. Yeah. So all of his characters usually have a tragic backstory yeah batman is the epitome of that mm-hmm. uh his parents were killed right in front of him yeah uh and on that batman is a huge debate between all the fans be- even between movie fans and comic book fans mm-hmm. themselves internally about the whole no kill thing no kill who's yeah. the best batman yeah, yeah uh you know where everybody thinks michael keaton is mm. the best batman ever mm. uh he he was good for the 80s. Yeah. But in today, for me, and this is my opinion and my opinion only, mm. I think Ben Affleck for me is what the epitome oh, absolutely. of Batman was. No, yeah. He had the height, the size, the charisma. Mm-hmm. He's not only Bruce Wayne, he's also Batman. And most of all, and this is a big, big, this was missing on a lot of Batman yeah. movies. He had the choreography because oh, yeah. Affleck's bats. Yeah. Fought like the bat. Yeah. You know, it looked like Arkham Asylum. Yeah. And oh, if dude, you, yeah. that one scene in the warehouse where he shoots oh, yeah. up out of the out of the floor. Yeah. It's straight up out of the game. I could honestly see like the combo counter yeah. every time he was fighting. And so and this is what I'm talking about, like the pretentious fans and everything, right. because Keaton's Batman, Affleck's Batman, Val Kilmer's Batman, Clooney's Batman, they couldn't fight with shit. No. They all they just stood there and do like some very clunky movement. 
Affleck's Batman was moving all around and everything. Well, it's like you say the nostalgia flap. Yeah. Uh, people are very nostalgic over the Michael Keaton Batmans because that is the series that mm-hmm. kind of revitalized Batman. Yeah. Uh, without that movie, you wouldn't have the Batman animated series. Mm-hmm. Uh, without that, you wouldn't have the Christopher Nolan Batman yeah. movies. Absolutely. Uh, the the and the nostalgia over that. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't nostalgia over Val Kilmer and George Clooney because those movies sucked. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. When Joel Schumacher took over the movie yeah. franchise, it just kind of went to shit. Yeah. Because it became a toy advertisement. Mm-hmm. That's all it was, and he even admitted that. I mean, it's it worked because yeah. I remember like being in like middle school. I'm buying the toys and everything right before I'm about to go see Forever and Batman yeah. and Robin. Come on, you yeah. know you loved Arnold Schwarzenegger's puns in that movie. <laughs> the Ice Age. Nice. The ice, ice to see you. you. Ice to, to see, see you. you. But uh, but Jesus yeah. Christ, if so, I had a dollar, right? So and honestly, and, and those movies is what led to like the dark and gritty yeah. reimaginings of like X Men and Batman because it's like, and again, like going back to what I said because we got. Real, I know real quick. Yeah. I yeah. love the fact that George Clooney apologized. Oh yeah, and he gives refunds. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you know but no, like, um, like I said, like Nolan and uh, Brian Singer and everything. Like, okay, they made the um, the X Men and Batman respectively right. like um, relevant for the current times and everything. But at the sacrifice of what made them comic book icons. But again, then you go back to the debate of the movie yeah. fan versus the comic book well, fan. Well, this is where I'm getting at too, yeah. is that the fans of the Singer X-Men films and the Nolan X-Men, uh, Batman films right. and everything, they act very like high and mighty. They have that Alan Moore mindset yeah. towards the comics. Because I remember I was in an online debate um, about like um, the Batman, like the Nolan trilogy. Right. And I said that you know the Nolan trilogy honestly is very mid, and Dark Knight and the Dark Knight, if it didn't have Heath Ledger in there, nobody would give a fuck. No, no, no. I mean, look at the first movie. The movie, the first movie sold because people wanted to see Batman that way. Yeah, because the villains were mid. Even everything Liam was yeah. in it. Yeah. It was mid. Oh, yeah. And I hate that they whitewashed um, Ra's al Ghul. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, well, because he's supposed to be from the Middle East. Yeah. Right? And so we get Irish Liam Neeson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so instead of keeping it Ken Watanabe, yeah. which is a great... Oh, absolutely. They replaced it with Liam Neeson. Yeah. And it was for like this whole like gotcha, which didn't mean shit in the no. end. No. Yeah. Because in the, in the comic books, Bruce Wayne trains with Ra's al Ghul knowing he's the... The king of assassins. He's 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 no he's not hiding it. He wanted yeah. to train with the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. He ran the League of Assassins, yeah. and that's hello, what he wanted detec- to train with. Like he always say, "Hello, detective." detective. Yeah. yeah, but um, but no, like um, but yeah. So like, Dark Knight is successful because of Heath Ledger Absolutely. and Heath Ledger only. Absolutely, like you cannot convince me otherwise. He is he's the Jack Sparrow of that movie. Yeah, and so this guy I was debating with, he says, "Oh, Heath Ledger's Joker was just over the top and clownish and cartoonish." I was like, "Yeah." That's called the Joker, bro. It actually is more subtle than the real Joker would be. It is, yeah. It was more disturbing. He took a twisted horror movie yeah. to it, mm-hmm. which I think I always... They, they kind of did it in the uh, Robert Pattinson Batman. Yeah. I When I said that Riddler, if they ever put him on film, needed to be a serial killer who left riddles behind mm-hmm. for Batman to solve. I've been saying that for like... 20 years yeah and when they finally did i was like well it's about fucking time yeah but i thought guy pierce would have been great oh he would have been great yeah yeah as a serial killer mm-hmm. but then he leaves like mm-hmm. you know he he leaves riddles behind yeah and i thought that was a great idea kind of like the zodiac killer right you know but yeah but um but yeah so like um but with like with like no like uh it's like the symbiotic relationship that people have with directors they kind of like 
yes. take their personality and make like an make it their own make it their own yeah. yeah so with guys like this guy I was arguing with and like they when they look at the original X-Men comics or the original Batman comics they look down on them and it's that you know going back to like the yeah. movie versus comic book fan it's like that whole like it's the pretentious comic book movie fan we know yeah. so we well then there's also the pretentious comic book fan right we, we know someone that every time a new superhero or a new comic book adaptation movie comes out mm. he, all i hear is comic book guy from him oh Worst he shits on it adaptation ever we know and, a couple i have uh, a i have a couple of mine not gonna name names but yeah, i know who you're talking about yeah but no but no like i okay i get it like adaptations are gonna be hit or miss but you can't say worst adaptation ever for each one. No. And then they're not the worst no. ever. To me, worst adaptation from another source material or another media is Double Dragon. Same. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Good <laughs> fucking Lord. Scott, Mark DeCosco should have taste black pill taken away for that movie. Well, no, honestly, you're going you're gonna to tell me. You're going to tell me that you have Mark DeCosco's, yeah. a highly trained martial artist. And Scott Wolf. Yeah, Mr. Party of Five, they're supposed to be martial arts brothers. Throughout that whole movie, you know, honestly, like, you know, and, and I am a Mark DeCosco yeah. stand, but I will say he stole the movie because well, he was yeah. the only, like, believable fighter in there. There's only one movie. There's only one reason I like that movie. Alyssa Milano? Oh, yeah. Mm. I remember she was, like, my crush back in childhood. Yeah. We were, we were, we were the same age. So mm. when she was watching Who's the Boss, I was like, Sam is. Yeah. Sam's the boss. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so, but comic book fans, there's a lot of them who are very pretentious as well. Yeah. They, okay. I'm going to tell you my story, mm -hmm. uh, not being pretentious at all. Ever since I was a kid, my first hero, I cut my teeth on, uh, and I think a lot of people, was Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. uh, first comic book I ever owned was Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I used to watch Spider-Man on the Electric Company. I used to watch the 1960s uh, Spider-Man TV show on reruns, the cartoon. The, the one that gave birth to a thousand memes? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to watch that one religiously after school. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... Fast forward to the early 2000s, and I heard the rumblings in Wizard Comic Magazine that there was going to be a Spider-Man live-action movie. Mm -hmm. I was over the fucking moon. Mm -hmm. And I was married at the time to my first wife, and we were we were in financial hardship at the time. Mm -hmm. And she, this is a, one of the, she's probably one of the only nice things she ever did for me in our marriage. She bought one movie ticket. She goes, go see the movie, Spider-Man by myself oh wow on, on the first night it was coming out yeah, yeah yeah so i go to the theater uh -huh. i get my popcorn i walk in i'm sitting there by myself and i i all of a sudden was a 10 year old kid sitting in that chair because when mm -hmm. it came on uh -huh. i was like holy shit mm -hmm. Toby Maguire yeah. killed it as peter mm -hmm. parker mm -hmm. the special the special effects the web slinging i was mm -hmm. like I was over yeah. the fucking moon. Mm. I wasn't the one to go, oh, the Green Goblin doesn't wear armor like that. Yeah. He never wore that. Why is that so... Yeah. I was like, really, dude? That's yeah. what you're going to fucking take away from me? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, no, so, I... Yeah. So to me, as a huge Spider-Man fan my whole life, yeah. I was in awe over that movie. Yeah, same. The third one sucked. Yeah. But that's a different but, story. Um, <laughs> so, with, um, so my first hero wasn't Spider-Man. It was Batman. However, my first comic, the one that I ever bought, yeah. was Spider-Man. Because um, I was... Um, I Telling was, you, almost every comic book fan starts with Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Because I remember the day. Yeah. Um, uh, my dad was working at the Naval Hospital at the time. And they had a little, a little Naval Exchange downstairs, right. a little convenience store. 
and with my allowance money, he's like, oh, you can get whatever you want. And I see uh, this issue of Spider-Man where one of his enemies is um, crashing, attacking people at the science fair, at right. the mid Midtown High Science Fair. Right. And so, and that was my very first comic. And yeah. so when the movie was announced, I was really excited. But this was right after the first X-Men movie. And I was kind of cautious because yeah, honestly, see, but at that age you're not realizing there's two different movie studios right but so i was but fox sucked in there fox yeah so sucked straight up to this day and even as a kid being a fucking huge x-men mark yeah you know from the animated series to the video games collecting the fucking figures i fucking hated the first movie i still do uh, the I, you know the x-men yeah oh, absolutely i hated it because absolutely. like it took everything that was cool about the x-men away well here's the thing about brian singer and this goes yeah. back to the pretentious movie maker yeah uh thing that you were talking about mm. it was uh everybody's been clamoring for the suit yeah wolverine suit where's oh, yeah. the suit where's the suit all the mm. fans have been wanting the suit yeah and it's like oh we're not gonna put him in the suit well because brian singer hates comic books it's the same thing with Nolan. Alan Moore. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's the Alan Moore syndrome. Yeah. Same thing with Nolan. That's why Nolan. That's why Batman looks like a jabroni in all of his movies. Oh, he shit the bed on it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quick so, story on that one. Did you hear mm -hmm. Ben Affleck tell a story about, uh, what's his name, meeting um, fucking Bale? Mm. Uh, Christian Bale. Mm. He said he was at a costume store mm -hmm. getting his kid a costume, and he hears behind him, Oi, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and he did the accent earlier. He goes, Hey, yeah. Ben. He's like, I go, who the fuck is this? He turns around and he goes, and it's, and it's uh, Christian Bale. Oh, shit. He goes, oh, I heard it doing the Batman movie. Then. <laughs> he goes, hey, whatever voice, make him put a zipper in the suit. I spent three fucking movies not being able to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben Affleck said the first thing he asked for in the costume was a fucking zipper so he could go I, to the bathroom. I would have thought that Bale would say, oi, make sure they you turn your head. Yeah, I could have turned my fucking head. Well, they took that after the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first movie, he was he was like Michael Keaton. Had yeah. to turn the shoulders to turn the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so um, but no, so um, when they cast a Tobey Maguire, I was like, okay, cool, I could totally see him as Peter Parker because yeah. I remember him from the Cider House Rules. Yes, great fucking movie. Do you know who who was cast first? Right, um, God, name escapes me. It was Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, but then he, but then uh, and it was like after Wonder Boys. Yeah, yeah. It was Jake Gyllenhaal and no, I'm sorry, October Sky. Yeah. But when uh, Sam Raimi said that when Tobey Maguire walked in, he was, yeah, yeah, you're it. And then they cast <laughs> and then they casted Kirsten Dunst, who had a yeah. huge crush on, starting with um, what was it? Uh, Bring It On. Do you, yeah. Oh yeah. Do you know that in the '90s there was a uh, adaptation that was going to be made? There was I heard about it. It yeah. was to be directed by James Cameron mm -hmm. to star Leonardo DiCaprio. And Nikki mm. Cox. Yeah. Oh, Nikki Cox would have been a hell of, of a Mary, Mary Jane. Jane. I mean, dude, I mean, like, during, like, um, unhap un un uh, Unhappily Ever After, yeah. she looked like Mary Jane. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but going back to but, what we were talking about. But yeah, but no, but yeah, so um, my excitement for this movie kept building. Yeah. And that was actually my my introduction to William Dafoe. Right. Yeah, because I was too way too young for his movies. Right. At the, um, but yeah. Um, but no, it's the same feeling that you had. It's yeah. like they embraced the colorfulness of Spider-Man, yep. the excitement. I even love that they made his webs organic. I'm yeah. like, that's pretty cool, actually. Dude, that scene, when I first saw it, made me fucking bust out laughing. Goes, go, Web, go! Yeah. And we sitting there go, go, Web, go! Go, Shazam! Shazam! Fly. Honestly, I loved how they... Uh, Fly, Web! I loved how they designed Green Goblin, because the Green Goblin suit reminded me of Guyver. Well, well it, it reminded me of a lot of uh, the common Rider right. uh, suits. Well, with a see, mix in with like the common writer villains. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, the thing is that they made it plausible. Yeah. 
They made it plausible because if you, and don't get me wrong, in the recent movie, mm-hmm. they paid homage to the comic book Goblin uh, very well. Mm-hmm. But in the first movie, if you had a guy in green tights with a latex Goblin mask on, mm-hmm. it would have been campy like the 60s Batman. And I think that's what they were um, trying to avoid. Trying to avoid because yeah. remember, that was after like Fantastic Four. Exactly. The, the oh, infamous God. Roger Corman. So it's like, okay, we like, and that's what I respect about Sam Raimi yeah. is that he was able to take the colorfulness of the comics yep. and grounded it. And the funny thing is this is a guy that was only known for doing indie horror movies before that. Yeah, Evil Dead. Evil Dead, Army yeah. of Darkness. So, and because of, uh, but because of that, now people mm-hmm. think that Spider-Man can produce his own webs instead yeah. of like the web shooter. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's why even in the movie they debate it. The thing is, you and I are cut from different cloth as far as other people because, mm-hmm. uh, and don't get me wrong, we know a lot of people that are like us, whereas we're cinephiles mm-hmm. at the same time, comic book fans. Mm-hmm. So we can relate to both and, you know, accept and be okay with the changes they made for the adaptation. We're, we're, yeah. My thing is, I don't care how you adapt it, but make a good fucking movie. Absolutely. Uh, well, you mentioned Fantastic Four a few times. Mm. They're only good adaptation of the Fantastic Four that I've ever seen was they did a cartoon series that was short-lived and it was kind of like in an anime style mm-hmm. and that was good mm-hmm. i you i don't know if you've ever seen it their intro is like Ba-da-da. it was it was a really weird mm-hmm. and it has a total anime vibe to it it was a bionics uh no no it was fantastic four oh. but it was it, oh i know what you're talking it, about it kind of okay. like an anime style to it yeah that one I, was actually I've, very well done i always see dvds of it at walmart yeah yeah it's a very well done series i actually used to have the dvds mm. uh it's a very well done series mm. uh i don't know if it's i think it's on disney plus but the thing is all the when fox had the fantastic four franchise mm. the fir- the first one they shit the bed mm-hmm. by it was just too campy for me. It was too campy and a couple of the and, actors were not convincing. And Michael Chiklis in the thing costume yeah. when he's like five eight and Johnny Storm is six two. Yeah. Didn't work. See, I you know, honestly, like I thought that Chris Evans was the high point. Like he crushed oh, he, it. Well, he crushed it as a as a Johnny Storm. He has great comedic timing. Like he's right. like and then in the second movie the Silver Surfer looked great, mm. but that was the only good part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, then and then when they teased that the the Super Scroll. Yeah. Because when they had all the powers to combine, mm-hmm. uh, and then the reboot was fucking horrible. I haven't seen it, and I'm gonna oh, keep don't, it that way. Don't fucking see it. You know, to who, me, the perfect casting. If I were, to, if I had the money mm-hmm. and I did the movie tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, my Fantastic Four would be John Krasinski, mm-hmm. Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cena as mm. Ben Grimm, and then CGI, of course, The Thing, and then Taron Egerton mm-hmm. as Johnny Storm. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch uh, The Kingsman, yeah. Eggsy, him as Eggsy, is basically has Johnny that, Storm. Yeah, yeah. With an English, with a with a Cockney accent. Yeah, yeah. That's he, all it is. He's, he's got like that, like a cocksure, um, cocky, but I'm good at what I do type exactly. of thing. Exactly. You know how it would cast as Doom? Mark Strong. Um, oh God! Yeah. Yes, he yeah. is just so perfect. Oh yeah, as Victor Von Doom, and you could definitely see him as like a physical and intellectual adversary. Um, um, what do you call contemporary? it? Contemporary to John Krasinski. Yep. But we could do a whole episode about like oh, uh, fantasy, fantasy casting. Cast. Oh, we're yeah. going to. Oh we're yeah, going. absolutely. We're going to yeah. take one movie though, and yeah. we're going to fantasy cast it and do what we would do as the story. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so my thing is that I believe, and we'll wrap it up with mm-hmm. this. 
Uh, I don't know what your take on it is, but I believe that people should have uh, acceptance of one another as far as like the genre that they love. If you if you're a comic book fan mm-hmm. and people come at you with the movie stuff, try to educate them. Don't mm-hmm. fight them or debate them on and say, mm-hmm. "Well, actually, from the source material." If you start off telling somebody, "Well," It's a great adaptation, but the source material is X, Y, Z. You should yeah. read it. You should you should look yeah. into it. They would be more accepting of it. Don't adjust your glasses and keep the gate. Yeah. Educate. I Don't keep the gate. Educate. educate. There you go. Uh, I agree. Put it on a shirt. Yep. <laughs> I, I agree with that and everything. Instead of fighting each other about which did the right approach, the movie or the comic and everything. Yeah. Don't have a debate. Have a discussion. Yeah. And also for the uh, for, you know, for the comic book fans, like the fans who've known the the source material for a long time, never ever start the conversation with um, actually. <laughs> I would say, I would say a more friendlier, a more like uh, approachable like a way to do it is that hey, did you know? Or or even start off with um, well, I didn't care for the adaptation. However. Take a look at the source material and did you know, mm-hmm. you know, just tell them that, yeah, don't, don't just say it sucked. Yeah. Give them a reason why. Yeah. You can't just tell somebody, oh, that fucking sucked and not give them a fucking reason. Yeah. And never, ever do the whole like, but the book was better type of approach oh, where God. you start yammering on and on. Because yeah. let's face it, you're not saying that as a fan. You just want to blow your own dick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. There's some adaptations of straight up shit. Oh, Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know what? To take a line from our, um, one mm-hmm. of our favorite, like wrestling podcasters, Brian Zane. Yeah. Like what you like. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Uh, there's one more that we didn't mention and mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and end. Kick ass. Yeah. Is actually a very good adaptation of the comic book. Mm-hmm. Not panel for panel, but as close as you're going to get. Honestly, there are some stuff that they left out of the comic was honestly for a good idea. Honestly, good idea. honestly, I will say this. There are times when the movies do it better than the comics. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know the whole subplot of the love story between Kick-Ass and the girl? Oh, yeah. That, um, what's it called? I know that she, um, she gets angry at him and sends him like, a Hicks. video of her sucking uh, yeah. his, her boyfriend's dick. Yeah, so her his love interest was way more vindictive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when she found out that he wasn't gay, yeah. she goes a whole different route about it. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. uh, that, that won't sell movie tickets, though. No, it won't. So I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us. Jay, you got something to say before we... Uh, no, but, uh, but yeah, just like, like we just said, you know, like, you know, can we all just get along? Damn. We're, we're, we're all geeks here. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Rodney King. I'm yeah. Sick. Right. It's so funny when the geeks try to bully the geeks, but they were both being bullied by the people who weren't geeks. And it's like, well, bro, you, unite. I'm just, I'm just going to say this quick thing and everything. That's what a lot of movies and TV shows get wrong. Right. The real enemy to the nerds, Are to themselves. the geeks. Absolutely. It's not the jocks. It's not the preps. No. It's their own damn selves because they all think they're better than each other. Yeah. Like for me, uh, I, I I read comics. I love comic movies. I love movies, period. Mm-hmm. And then when I tell people, oh, I don't really play D&D. <gasps> you don't play D&D? Oh, yeah. Sorry, did I just kill your mother? <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying I hate that shit. You know? <laughs> anyway. Or like you like Dragon Ball. Oh, God. Yeah. You don't read manga? <laughs> We could do a whole fucking like oh, uh, episode on gatekeeping. That's another one we could do the whole thing on. Yeah. Oh, the manga was better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for hanging out with us and hearing us ranting about this bullshit. Mm. Uh, go ahead and follow us on social media at the Minorities Report and Minorities Report 2.0. Check out our link tree with all of our links. We have a we have a link to our merch site on there. We got shirts, hats. Go ahead and send us a message. See if there's anything you'd like us to discuss. 
And we appreciate you following us. Again, Minority Report and Minority Report 2.0. Follow our link tree. Link is in our bio. And we will see you.